Welcome to Between the Bylines, a weekly podcast from the Boston University News Service where we unpack must-read stories from the past week through the lens of student journalism. Hear how the story was made from the writers and editors who made it. Hi, it's April 25th, 2019. My name is Sophie Will and I'm the managing editor. And I'm Abby Freeman, and I'm the assistant managing editor. And today we are talking about websites, which are pretty essential when it comes to um, promoting yourself as a student journalist and then after graduation as a professional journalist. Um, And we're just, yeah, going to dive into like everything about websites today. I'm stoked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Sophie, do you think it's worth it to have a website, first of all? Because it is an undertaking. Um, You don't want to, you know, give not your all when you're making one because it is how you're presenting yourself to potential employers. Um, So do you think it's worth it to take the time and do it all the way? Yeah, I definitely do. And I think in the age of journalism that we are right now, it is so important to have a personal brand, Um, which, you know, sounds kind of quirky, whatever. But (laughs) you are selling yourself as the complete package, the multimedia journalist, the investigative journalist, the, you know, print journalist, the whatever journalist that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is your persona. That is the entirety of who you are. And it's it's very difficult difficult nowadays to separate yourself from your online portfolio. So why not take control of the narrative and um, really, you know, make that website, get employers to look at you and um, to see the work that you have. So what about you? What do you think? Yeah, um, it's, it's really funny to think of like the term personal branding (laughs) and how it relates to journalism because we're so Mm -hmm. taught to like, you know, be unbiased and just neutral completely but at the end of the day like you you are a certain type of journalist and you cover certain types of stories and it's okay to not have that totally figured out yet but um I think your website should at the very least illustrate the skills that you've developed Mm -hmm. throughout your time in college and if you haven't figured out like oh I want to cover politics or I want to cover art um or a certain beat like that, you can pitch yourself as, you know, I have all of these technical skills that I can contribute to my reporting, you know, whatever it may be. I definitely agree. And I think that um, it's important that you start getting your content out to people you know immediately. And it's really nice that instead of, you know, putting on your Facebook every single article that you've ever published, especially if you're working at a daily publication or doing breaking news, um, that might bombard your friends and family with what you're writing. Right. Um, if they know that they can go to one place and find your writing, um, soon your audience will branch out from your mom and your best friends, like, you know, mine. <laughs> um, which is the goal, which you is know? the goal. And, you know, you'll start having people um, follow you specifically because they like your content that you're consistently producing, whether that's on a beat or a specific type of content, a specific type of media that you're producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's really kind of the journalism that we are transforming into as an industry. It's no longer, um, you know, I'm reading this this beat that is, you know, everything by a ton of reporters to I like this one reporter and I want to listen to all of the work that she does or um, or read all the work that he does. And it's it's really important that you you build that personal brand early, starting with not only your website, um, but like your social media and, and making sure that your Twitter is professional and that it's on your beat. Um, your LinkedIn is up to date. 
Um, your Facebook, if you're going to share things on Facebook, make it private. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, stay safe on the internet, kids. You know how to deal with <laughs> me. You know that anything you put on the internet is, you know, there forever. Exactly. And it's kind of exciting and also scary to think about the kind of influence that a journalist can have, um, especially when you're at that point in your career, when you're consistently covering a certain subject. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have it. And it's important to kind of keep your influence organized in a way that really like optimizes your views and your clicks and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to ask you, Sophie, how I know you have a great website. I've Thanks. seen it before. It looks awesome. <laughs> um, what was your approach to organizing your website? Because I think there are a lot of ways to go about it. Right. Absolutely. So um, I use a service called Jimdo. I like Jimdo because of the blogging features specifically. Um, but right now, just kind of a disclaimer, <laughs> um, my website is being redesigned by my cousin because she's getting her degree in computer science. So hey, go do it. <laughs> um, this is her, what you've got. You know, her final project is to do my website. So go. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so but the way that I did my own website is I kind of had a homepage that um, first and foremost had like my face on it and my byline. Um, my byline is not, not what I go by. People don't address me as K, Sophie Will. Right. right. But that my byline is right there. That is my URL. Um, I think one of the most important things that you can do as a young journalist is to buy your domain, um, buy your name as the domain. Um, I'm really lucky that nobody else has the name K, Sophie Will. Everybody has the name Sophie Will, but nobody has the name <laughs> K, Sophie Will. That's been really lucky for me. And I pay $12 a year for my my domain. So Which nice. is pretty affordable. Yeah. yeah pretty very affordable. Doable. Yeah. Get that as early as you can. Um, and then I have like sections. I have my articles, my photography, and about me, a contact me. And then I have my blog um, as well as my resume that are all on my website. Um, my about me is just kind of, you know, typical, but my articles, I separate by publication. And, um, we were talking about this before the podcast, but I kind of put all the articles that I have on my website and then I will go through and, and take some out and bold them and put them at the top of the list, mm -hmm. um, that I think are some of my favorites. So I'll have selective favorites from the globe or the desert news or whatever. Um, so that if someone's just browsing, um, they don't have to read 15 articles about a tragic fire, you know, yeah. they have <laughs> they can just read one article that I think really shows who I am. And then I have a slider for my photography to show, um, you know, so people can just see it. My resume is downloadable. Um, and then I have my blog, which is something we'll probably talk about later. But, yeah, yeah. I, I try to make it as, like, clean and as minimalistic as possible um, because I think, it you know, the easier that it is to find out who you are and to read your articles is pretty important for your website. Absolutely. Um, I should say this podcast theme today was inspired by a discussion led by Professor Daly yesterday um, in my beat reporting class. And he was checking out all of our websites from the perspective of, you know, someone who doesn't know you, hasn't visited your website before. And it was really interesting to see just instinctually what happens on the homepage. Mm -hmm. um, and I think some people can get really like artistic with their homepage and it mm -hmm. looks very inviting, but then, you know, Professor Daly at times couldn't figure out how to actually get to your work from the homepage. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's a really important thing to think about. What is the person seeing right from the get-go when they mm -hmm. open your website? Um, and that's great that you just introduce yourself right away. I think that's a great approach. Um, one approach I have right now, just because I'm graduating and looking for jobs as we speak is mm -hmm. um, when, when you type in my URL, 
my work pops up right away. Mm -hmm. And I have all of my favorite stories at the top. So hopefully, you know, instinctually someone would just click on the first story that they see Mm -hmm. at the top of the page. And then that, you know, exemplifies my best work that I can do for this potential employer. Um, I think it's essential for journalists to have fun with their about on their website. And it is an important part of the website because, you know, people want to know who they're hiring. Of course, your work is important, but um, I've learned recently that also all of these employers are looking for how you're going to fit in with their team. So mm-hmm. what kind of a person are you? What energy do you bring to the newsroom? Um, you know, what? what's your overall attitude when it comes to doing your work? And so I have a nice picture that I like at the top of my About Me page, and it mm-hmm. says where I've been published. Um, and I just kind of explain why I went into journalism and um, what I consider a success when I have written a story. So I think that that's a great thing to add to your website. Um, you know, there's always the argument should an employer see a photo of you like is that really necessary um and i think it just depends on what you prefer but i think it's a great touch and Mm -hmm. it they might as well like see your face you know yeah (laughs) it's personable i mean like on my about about me page i have a photo of me like laughing and i actually have like a frequently asked questions and the top one is what does the k stand for um because that's so fun i like like the frequently asked questions that's cool like why not because i usually in interviews or something they're like wait what does the k stand for right so it's fun and then you know just kind of This is the same with like Twitter bios or, you know, quick blips and elevator pitches and things of like who you are. Definitely like where you went to school, what your like focus is and Mm -hmm. and, like what you do, where you've been published. But then just kind of throw in something a little little fun, a little jazzy. Like on my website, I have like what three things that I always have in my purse or um, on my Twitter bio, it's um, notebook addict because I have like, you know, reporter at whatever. And then it's notebook addict at Target. Like, you know, just kind (laughs) of have (laughs) right, like kind of just have um, something that makes you a person because that's, again, building your personal brand um, and making sure that, you know, you are a full package. And at the end of the day, like we have to be personable people to do our job. (laughs) We have to be able to interact well with others and be a team player. Um, So I think that, you know, as long as we can show that in our websites, then that's another draw to us um, as a potential employee. So I think that's a great takeaway. Um, And then another thing is muckrack. Yes. Which I think, you know, going forward, I think my approach is going to be that if people want to check out the depths of my bylines, which maybe isn't the best for me at this mm-hmm. point, because, um, you know, our work always improves as we yeah. progress. Um, but yeah, Muckrack is a great place to archive literally every single thing you've written mm-hmm. and everywhere that you have been published. Um, so what's your take on Muckrack, Sophie? I personally really like Muckrack, um, but I know that it's kind of controversial in some ways because um, once it figures out what your byline is and how to um, specifically like delineate that this is you as a person, mm-hmm. um, it will automatically aggregate your stories to your Muckrack profile, whether or not you have made a Muckrack profile yourself. It will make one for you, and then it will add those things. Um, I personally made a Muckrack profile when I was a freshman because I wanted to be a real journalist. 
Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's some of my very first stories on there. And I'm like, would I want somebody reading these? No, because yeah, it's exactly. not great. Um, but still, it's really cool to, at this point, be able to, like, Google my byline and see my muckrack po- pop up and see that my stories are, are filtering through there. Um, and also, you know, if muckrack made a profile for you, um, you can go in and claim that and make it your own. I think it's, you know, honestly, I think it's a wonderful marketing technique. Mm-hmm. Um, but moreover, I think it's a wonderful way to show all of your work in a way that you might not want to show on your website um, to kind of just make it a, a nice library of you. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that I have learned from Muckrack is that um, sometimes you can discover other places that you've been published that you didn't even know about. Yes. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I found out that I was published on msn.com South Africa because <laughs> they used a story of mine from the globe on um, how to make the most out of traveling abroad. It was a fun like oh, travel piece that I did. Cute. So I was like, wow, okay, I've been published in SMN, t- or I'm sorry, yeah msn as well yeah um so that was really fun to discover yeah. like you might have more eyes on your work than you're aware of and mm-hmm. um you know if you find out that more people are seeing your work and other publications think that it's good enough to then run um on their website as well it's a confidence boost you yeah. know what i mean like it's totally great i think in those ways it definitely is a positive resource and um yeah i think I think the next move for me personally is I'll probably like link to my muckrack in case someone actually wants to go in mm-hmm. the depths of my work. <laughs> for we'll see. I kind of hope that doesn't Welcome. happen, but I might as well offer it, you know? Yeah. Um, you should always be proud of your work if someone was willing to publish it, in my yeah. opinion. So um, I think it's a positive thing overall. And we recommend it to um, other students student journalists out there as well um mm-hmm. if you haven't made your own account you might as well because it's already it's happening happen. it's <laughs> happen. is already finding you and doing that for you so they will find you and they will make you a profile um yeah i i think it's great and also um another thing that i'm thinking about while we're talking about other publications sharing your work um there's an application that you can download as part of your like google chrome br- browser called crowd tangle um and that tracks um, how many times and where a link has been shared. Um, so like big publications have the back end of something called Chartbeat, which tracks, you know, the clicks and how long people stay on it and where it's shared and things like that, which is awesome. But you as an individual journalist, this is like a free tool that you can use. It connects with your Facebook and you can see where your work is being shared um, and who it's being shared by. I think it's also interesting um, that you make connections with those people because um, I spent a summer and I did a lot of um work with like lawyers and, and doctors and things like that and I started noticing that I was getting more followers in that arena because the lawyers and doctors were following me um and sharing my work um and I could see that through CrowdTangle wow. and I, I could see you know what kind of my new audience is um and yeah I, I love seeing like um I love seeing, especially when you work at a paper that has media partners and you're like, oh, there's my name in this and this and this. And that's awesome that it just comes up and I get more bylines for the same story. It's two for the price of one. Yeah, Um, exactly. (laughs) It's really it's really great. And it helps build your portfolio, even if the same story um, 
having that like extra, you know, name on your resume, on your portfolio, that this was a part of the work that I did is really good for you. Definitely. And once you have that insight on who is clicking on your stories, then you can continue to build your audience and as you were Mm -hmm. um, and capitalize on that and really like continue to build your brand in that way and establish yourself with that audience. And then hopefully they, you know, tell other people about your stories as well. And you just grow from there. So that's a great tip that you brought up. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And other things, what about your personal brand? What do things do you incorporate in your, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I am still trying to figure it out to be honest with you. Like I definitely, um, I have a strong sense of like what I contribute to a work environment and um, as an employee at a publication, I definitely have a strong identity in being a team player and a self-starter, which I think is highly valued with editors. And also um, I've been told that I just am very cool headed under pressure, which um, is great to know about yourself. Like I highly recommend getting feedback from any supervisors they have at at internships or like a co-op program or um, anyone who has worked with you in a professional manner and kind of overseen your writing, Mm -hmm. get some feedback because it helps you build that brand and get an idea of, okay, how am I perceived by other professionals? And, you know, not only can I build off of the positive things, but how can I improve off of things that aren't as positive as well? Um, But then when it comes to my work, reflecting on what I've done, I've just done a variety of things. So um, on, I actually built a professional Facebook page because it's, it's interesting to like share your own work on your account if you're super proud of something that stands out in your portfolio, but then you can go ahead and make a Facebook page um, and kind of build off of that and showcase your work there. Um, But you do have to say like a little about me on there to give, you know, an impression Mm -hmm. of the kind of work that you'll be sharing on that page. And I said, you know what, like I've covered travel, I've covered real estate, art, let's just call it lifestyle this this umbrella of a lifestyle journalist yeah um so that is kind of the approach i've taken at this point in my career but um we'll see and don't ever feel boxed into things like that either like to get your foot in the door i do think it's important to be sure of who you are as a journalism professional but you know it doesn't end there once you put a label on yourself it can always change and alter as your work does um But one thing that I wanted to ask you a bit more about is your blogging on your website, Mm -hmm. because it obviously something that you enjoy that you take Mm -hmm. the time to blog because I think everyone ideally would love to blog, but they don't necessarily (laughs) take the time to do it. Flashback to 2010 when we all created a blog. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, So how has it helped you in, and maybe it's just for personal growth that you blog, but how has it helped you and why have you decided to include that on your website as well? So, yeah, so it all started, long story short, it started um, last year at the Power of Narrative when I met Roxane Gay, um, who is literally one of my biggest heroes. And um, she right then was releasing her latest book, Hunger. Um, And in the intro of Hunger, she just explains how as she was um, discussing and thinking about the relationship with her body, she felt like there was this like little girl inside of her that just never got the love and, and the things that she needed. And she felt like she was writing her way back to her through this book. And I just loved that. So my bro- my blog is called Writing My Way Back to Her. Um, and it's got like fun, cute, pit- 
bunch of cute pictures of me as a kid. Um, but really, like, what I focus on in my blog is just things that I'm struggling with as a human being. Um, I feel like it humanizes me as a journalist and as a professional in one aspect. But also, I kind of get tired of writing hard news day after day. I get tired of writing about yeah, really hard things. Um, and I want to write some angry poetry, which is on my blog. Or <laughs> I want to feature a nice, like feel-good feature piece that I wrote for a class or um, I'm struggling with body image or something like that and I want to write about it because I have people in my community my friends my family people who follow me who are also feeling this way um, and oh, I yeah. feel more like, people than you can imagine oh, yeah. are struggling so with things I yeah. like almost every person right like <laughs> exactly. um, I think it's important as a writer um, to branch out and to explore different kinds of writing. Um, because while I do enjoy hard news, I also really enjoy sitting down and writing a hundred word or, or a hundred line poem. And I, I enjoy writing you know, fiction and things like that. And it makes your chosen profession better because you can use these creative ways in your journalism. I think that a lot of people forget that journalism can be creative because we focus so much on like getting the facts and making it not biased and things like that. But mm -hmm. the more that you explore your creative side and I let myself, you know, I'm a big fan of allegory and metaphor and, you know, all that. And I let myself just go free. And I had a writing teacher once called Puke on Paper, a pop draft, right? <laughs> and just like puke on this paper and just get all of this narrative that I have stored. Metaphorically, out of, me. of course. Right. Metaphorically. Don't actually puke <laughs> on your computer. Um, it, it's it's freeing and it makes you a better writer. It makes you a more human person mm -hmm. um, to your audience, to your and and, you know, it it just feels like I'm a, a full person yeah. when I do that. So absolutely. That's I think that's a really wonderful takeaway because, you know, as a student journalist, like we're all very passionate people and we're mm -hmm. all very passionate about storytelling, but we can't you know base our whole identity off of that yeah and i think that it happens easily when you so, know you're around really driven people and you're in a competitive program and mm -hmm. um it happens a lot and i don't think it's talked about too often to be honest yeah but you know it's so important to take that time to think okay who am i outside of journalism and um is there time today that I can unplug and yeah. maybe like not be on Twitter, delete the app for a day maybe and like go to the beach or something. I don't have the Twitter app on my phone. I haven't had the Twitter app on my phone for like six months. Okay. It's the best. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Has it been working for you? Yeah. So like, like if I need to check Twitter, then I'll like go through my browser. If I'm going to cover an event, I'll download it for that event and I'll take it off my phone again. I really like that tactic. Okay. It's the best. Yeah. I, I think that we should always remember that we are someone else outside of this. Yeah. And, um, you know, going back to like the website and branding yourself, like that's why it's important to showcase you as a person as well, because they don't want to hire a robot that mm -hmm. only cares about journalism and doesn't have like yeah. life outside of the job. Right. Um, and by they, I mean, you know, anybody really, employer. Yeah. <laughs> any employer. Right. Um, 
I, yeah, I just can't stress enough how important it is to remember who you are outside of this and what your interests are outside of, of course, like writing and photography um, right. and how writing can differ once you explore other parts of it other than right. reporting. Um, so I really love that. Maybe I'll start a blog. Who knows? Start a blog. <laughs> and just to like echo what you said and just wrap up that, you know, I... I think it might have been you. I don't know. It was someone that I was kind of having a breakdown about some sort of internship, as one does. Um, and someone just looked at me and just said, you are not your resume. You're not, right? And I, we all get so caught up in this piece of paper, we forget that we are full dynamic human beings. And if yes. there's not enough words on that piece of paper, there's not the flashiest names or the, the best skills, you know what? You are still a valid human being and you still have areas to grow and learn. Yep. Um, and, you know, as journalists, it comes with the job. We are subject to a lot of trauma, um, especially if you are, you know, a breaking news reporter or if you're an investigative reporter, you have to face a lot of really tough realities. Um, and I think that it's very humanizing to take a step back, kind of write like a behind the scenes, whether that's just for you or for other people um, to process that because you have to process that trauma to, to get through it, to be both a human being and a writer. Um, otherwise, you were just going to fall apart. Yep. So anyways, that's all that we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to us. Go create your own website. Um, and send us a link if you want. And send we'll check us a it link. Out. Yeah, we're so excited. We'll give you some feedback. Um, join us at our pitch meeting tonight at 6.30 p.m. in COM 321. Check us out on our website, bunewservice.com. Send us an email at bunewservice at gmail.com. And until next week, this has been Between the Bylines. Mm-hmm.